urban of, relating to, characteristics of, or constituting a city. Creep. A distressing sensation like that caused by the creeping of insects over one's flesh, especially the feeling of apprehension or horror. Here are your hosts, J.B. Heyer and Caitlin O. Welcome to Urban Creeps. Hello, Creeps. Hi. Welcome back to another riveting episode of Urban Creeps, the podcast that you probably already know what it is because you're listening to it right now. And we're on episode seven, so we've kind of got a theme going. But for what it's worth, in case you don't know, we talk about urban legends because we really like them and think they're super cool. Yes, and also where they might come from, what they possibly mean. I am JB Heyer, and as always, I'm joined by Caitlin O. That's me. And today we are going to discuss two new legends. Yes, not local legends, although that was fun last week. Yeah, we got some good feedback and appreciate it. And we've also decided that if any of you creeps have any ideas on how we should decide whom goes first, by all means, feel free to suggest those. Because it might be better if you just tell us what to do. Yeah, we're open to suggestion. And we like a little friendly competition every now and then. I've got a good record. Well, three for two for one. I'm going to win this one. I have come up with a very interesting way that plays back to how fucking rad I was years ago. Ooh, tell me about this multi-sided die you have. So I'm holding in my hand a d20. What's that? It is a dice used in magic and other types of board games that has it has 20 sides, and on each little side is a number. That's not a number. 20. What's that? That's 20. Oh, I see. <laughs> what we shall do is we will roll. In magic... Do you want a high number or a low number? You want the highest number. Is it like golf or is it like basketball? It's not like either. As far as the scoring the system. The people that use these don't <laughs> play golf or basketball. <laughs> they do a lot of sitting activities. Well, that's not fair to say. Well, then how is it fair to say that they don't play golf or basketball? <sighs> because I'm part of that community. <laughs> and I you don't play golf it. or basketball? No, but I could dunk on a small child. Yeah. I had to. <laughs> so you want a high number. Correct. So we roll and highest goes first. Correct. Or highest gets to decide. And who if goes we first. have a tie, yeah. then we're both going to tell our stories at the exact same time. <laughs> It'll be a giant clusterfuck. And that's not our problem. Because no one <laughs> You'll have to figure it out. This show. <laughs> no advertisers here. Thank you. All right, I get to roll first. Big money, 12. 12. Ooh, 12. I like that number. Four. Four. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, dim the lights, cue your creepy music, and I present to you the Mexican pet. A woman was on summer vacation with her family in Mexico. She was walking through town window shopping and noticed quite a few stray dogs roaming the area. As she walked along the pier looking at the boats, she noticed one of the stray dogs following her. She couldn't quite tell what kind of dog it was, but she thought it could be a chihuahua based on his size and short fur. Being an animal lover, the woman tossed the dog a few scraps from her lunch and scratched his head. He continued to follow her along, keeping her company for the afternoon. He was mangy, but the woman thought with a bath and some meat on his bones, the sweet dog would be a loving addition to her household already full of rescued dogs and cats. 
For the rest of her vacation, the woman would go outside every morning to find the stray dog waiting for her on the front steps. When it was time for her family to go back home, the woman knew it was illegal to bring animals across the border, so she hid him in her carry-on luggage. When she got home, she bathed, brushed, and introduced the dog to her other household pets. The animals seemed to get along quite nicely. The following Monday, the woman fed the animals, gave them all a pat on the head, and went off to work. When she came home, she opened the door to her house and was greeted with a horrific scene. All of her beloved pets had been attacked, their bodies strewn about the house, bloody and butchered. All except one. The woman saw the stray dog she had just brought home sitting by his food bowl waiting for her. She scooped up the dog and took it immediately to the local veterinarian to find out if it was sick or if they could find him a new home. After waiting several hours for test results and exams, the veterinarian delivered some shocking news. I am sorry to tell you this, ma'am, the veterinarian said, but what you brought home from Mexico is not a dog. In fact, it is a large Mexican sewer rat. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. How do you not know the difference between a rat and a dog? Funny you should ask that, because I found a true story about this. So in Argentina, people were paying hundreds of dollars for purebred toy poodles, but they were actually sent what they called Brazilian rats, which were ferrets that had been injected with steroids since birth. Oh, shit. Isn't that disgusting? So it's like a swole ferret. Yeah, and I saw, they actually showed a picture, there's a very clear difference between a poodle and this ferret thing, and people were, like, figuring it out pretty quick, but at first it's, like, a fluffy-looking thing, and you're like, mm, Yeah, so it chokes you out when you don't feed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so weird, steroid ferrets. You come home, it's squatting 350 and smoking <laughs> a cigarette, like, hey, there's no more beer! <laughs> I need protein! <laughs> it's called protein. <laughs> I need my protein. <laughs> So, anywho, there are a couple variations. For the most part, the story remains the same throughout the different versions I found. But the reason for the vet visit changes, it's either that the woman takes the new dog for its regular shots, or she thinks it's sick because it was found foaming at the mouth. And also there was a version where she came home and the dog had drowned in its water dish, so she took it to the vet. So that changes, but it is always a rat. And the country changes too, but the point is they're always visiting a foreign country, usually in Asia or Central America. But for the most part, other than that, the story is the same. And along those lines, it's always a woman that finds the dog or rat or whatever and adopts it. Um, her family is mentioned occasionally or that she's on family vacation, but she's the only human other than the vet that's mentioned. The family has no involvement in this. It's just the woman bringing it home. Yeah, I think it's an interesting legend. I like the idea that it seems to centralize around knowing what you bring into your house and being careful about mm -hmm. what you bring into your house. Obviously, she tried to take care of it and it kept coming back, which mm -hmm. is weird because it's a giant fucking rat. Yeah. But I suppose that's better than, like, a Schwarzenegger-type ferret, <laughs> yeah. you know, fucking around in your back porch. Yeah, I would much rather... I don't know if I'd rather have a rat. I'd just rather adopt a dog that I know is a dog. But actually, so I looked up Origins. It's been traced all the way back to the 19th century. There's a European version called the Turkish Pet, and everything I found points back to xenophobia. It's all about, because it, you're bringing it to your home country from a foreign country. It's never, I was in Seattle and brought it home to Iowa. It's, I was in Mexico, I was in Brazil, I was in a foreign country and brought it home. And so I found um, some people that talked about you're bringing home a dog that's loving and cute and everyone loves puppies. 
and it actually turns out to be a rat, which people despise. It's disgusting. It's a vermin, and that's what's from the other country. So it's that duality, like cute, fluffy, your country, vermin infiltrating your house. So a lot of people connect the central theme with xenophobia and leave foreign things foreign. Don't bring them into your area, which is sad. I think that that's probably a huge focal point of the the legend itself, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not from your country, you're not familiar with it. I do think that that has some type of maybe merger component with the black-eyed children. Mm -hmm. You you don't know what it is, it's unfamiliar, but once you invite it into your home, you're kind of, you have to accept the responsibilities of what happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, this lady sounds like a fucking idiot. Especially because she knew it was illegal and she hid it in her stuff. There's a reason you have to check that stuff at the border. Yeah, well, and I think my biggest concern with her, you know, as a human, is not that she brought it back, because that's shady and impressive. Yeah, Yeah. hiding a dog. But also that she comes home to find all of her pets mutilated, and she's like, oh, let me take it to the vet and make sure something's not wrong with it. Right, as opposed to what the hell just happened. (laughs) I mean, clearly it wasn't like Leif Erikson. Who? Leif Erikson. Like the, like the heartthrob of the eighties. Yeah. Like, the guy from the VH1 movie, the VH1 thing. Oh. Yeah. The where are they now? Yeah. Behind the stars. Is that what it was called? I don't know, but he like, he got his shit together. But I think he's in a wheelchair. Really? Wait. So explain to me how he applies to this situation. So yeah, very interesting story. Yeah. So there you go, and it's you know like you said. A lot of times you think that urban legends have a moral or have an ethical, you know, safety issue. And although this is xenophobic, it's still unknown safety kind of stuff. It's not the kind of moral theme you would necessarily want to portray. But in the end, it's told to protect people and also to stifle immigration. How do you get a fair pumped full of steroids to the United States? Well, no, this was in Argentina. Oh. Yeah. I thought they were bringing them here. Do you want to see the picture? Kind of. I'll show you. It's like a cute, fluffy white thing until you realize it's a freaking ferret. The poodle is on the right and the ferret's on the left. Oh, no. <laughs> Could you no. imagine ordering that and then that shows up in your mailbox? Uh, it, looks like it, it looks like it came to fuck you up. <laughs> it <laughs> looks mad. <laughs> uh. And look how cute that puppy is. It's very like, oh, cute U.S., you. Well, to be fair, since he paid $150, what'd you expect? Yeah, he thought he was getting you a know? deal on a poodle, that's, but he got that creepy-ass ferret. That's a hand job and a handshake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've never paid $150 for either. I've never been paid $50 for either, $150 for either. See? And you're missing out. There's a whole market out there for there's me. People un- would pay me that much just for a handshake? Untapped. What? No. I'm not going to do the other stuff. They're not going to pay for a handshake. What about a milkshake? Well, you like the sexual milkshake? Is there a sexual milkshake? Yeah, it's the one with the yard. Oh, your milkshake brings all the boys Yeah, I don't think she worked at Sonic. Have you seen the meme where there's a McDonald's milkshake sitting in a yard and she goes, where are all my boys? (laughs) No. It's funny. Okay, so that's my tale. Please enlighten us. Fascinating legend. Well, thank you. About rats, steroid poodles. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ferrets. All these these things that I love. (laughs) Oh, ferrets. Wasn't that in Kindergarten Cop? 
<gasps> it's not a. <laughs> There's something wrong with your dog. It's not a dog. It's a ferret. <laughs> it's not the Duma. It's not the Duma. <laughs> oh man, what a great movie. What's wrong with your dog? <laughs> we should make a sequel to that, starring Dolph Lundgren. He has a nose for a head. What? He smells crime. He smells crime. Oh, Steven Seagal, we've got a movie for you. Quentin Tarantino, make them. <laughs> Call us up, we have tons of ideas. Alright, so, my urban legend today was one that was passed down from many pharaohs to kings to contemporary times. It's one that you can find in movies that involve particular members of Dawson's Creek's cast, who will not be mentioned on this podcast anymore because of what they did to Dawson. In the infamous last words of American serial killer Albert Fish, I don't even know why I'm here. (laughs) I give you my tale, the licked hand. A young girl is home alone with only her dog for company. Listening to the news late at night, she hears of a killer or mental patient that is on the loose. Terrified, she locks all the doors and windows and goes to bed, taking her dog to her room with her and letting it sleep under her bed. She wakes in the middle of the night to hear a dripping sound coming from the bathroom. The dripping noise frightens her, but she is too scared to get out of bed and find out what it is. To reassure herself, She reaches a hand toward the floor for the dog, as it typically resides underneath her bed. She is rewarded by a reassuring lick on her hand. She lies awake, listening to the dripping sound. Each time she feels frightened, she reaches for the dog on the floor, feels a lick on her hand. Eventually, she falls asleep. The next morning, when she wakes, she goes to the bathroom for a drink of water, only to find her dead, mutilated dog hanging in the shower with its blood slowly dripping onto the tiles. On the shower wall, written in the dog's blood, are the words, Humans can lick, too. No. Human lick creeper. Human creeper licker. Dead dog creeper? Dead liquor dog creeper. Definitely a mental patient. If you're home alone later tonight, check under your bed. With your eyeballs. Check with your eyeballs, not your hand. Also, why does your dog sleep under your bed? Yeah, that's weird. You should reassess, like, the structure or caste system of your home. (laughs) Your dog deserves better. Yeah, he should not be sleeping under your bed. He should either be at the foot or on a leather couch. Eating salmon. <laughs> Tuna steaks, he's preferably. he's a fine gentleman <laughs> and did not deserve what happened. So other <laughs> variations feature a nearsighted old woman rather than a young girl. I also found that the fate of the dog seems to vary. Um, sometimes it's just simply hanged. Sometimes it's skinned, disemboweled, or mutilated. Taster's choice in some basically. I choose none of the above. Yeah, I don't want to taste it either. <laughs> the message is sometimes written on the bathroom mirror rather than the wall. Sometimes the parents come home and they discover the killer hiding elsewhere in the house, typically the basement, the girl's closet, or under her bed. In other versions, the girl's parents arrive back in the morning and they ask the daughter if she had a good night. And when she told them that her dog had kept her company by licking her hand, Uh, They inform her 
that the dog had been locked in the basement or outside the entire time. Which, of course, leads to the question of who or what was licking her hand. Oh, that's so creepy. It definitely wasn't a ferritone steroid. (laughs) Thank God for that. So, I like this legend a lot because it's often referred to as, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? They are very closely related. Despite some differences, the stories seem to pretty much be the same. Uh, Someone or something in the house, under the bed, offering you security in the form of your trusted dog uh, when you felt that something was out of place. Isn't the turn on the lights usually like your roommate's already asleep or something in the next room? Yeah, so that one is kind of... So that legend is about a roommate typically in a dorm where a the other roommate will come home she turns on the lights and sees that her roommate's plowing and the roommate's mm-hmm. like hey fuck off so she's like oh shit i ain't trying to see all that <laughs> so she turns it off she comes home the next night it's happening again she goes to turn on the lights but she thinks no i don't want to see these ugly motherfuckers boning so i don't then she goes to sleep wakes up they're dead and then it just has painted in blood on the wall. Aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? Popularized by the movie Urban Legends. Starring Joshua Jackson. We don't talk about Pacey on this show. We We don't. I, it'll so, be a whole thing. We won't talk about it. It's not a it. thing because we're not talking about it. Okay. Um, I also found variations of the story that date back to 1871. And was penned in England by a gentleman named... Dearman Birchall. I love that name. Dearman. I picture like a very thin mustache that he just twirls in his fingers. I'm Dearman Birchall. I just, can you see it? Look at me twirling my my mustache. Dearman Birchall at your service. So Dearman Birchall in 1871 wrote a bit of a story. Mm-hmm. The excerpt that I found read, Croquet Party. One of the guests told of a clergyman who was aroused in the middle of the night, not a boner, <laughs> by his wife who said, John dear, I am sure there is a robber under the bed. I hear him moving. Do get up and see. John replied, fuck, Sharon. <laughs> Seriously, under the bed, we're literally sleeping right here, and I shit to do. But also, it's probably the Newfoundland dog. Because we have one, and I just put my hand under there, and he licked it. She goes, okay. The next morning, all their jewelry was gone. Oh, maybe their new dog ate it. He wasn't a new dog, he was a Newfoundland. Oh. (laughs) That's the breed, dude. (laughs) What the fuck? It's just jacked up ferret and the new dog. The Newfoundland dog. The new... Foundland. I just created a new dog breed. Foundland. You sure did. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, there, there are... I, I found uh, 12 instances where it was in books or movies or TV shows. Um, outside of Dear Man Virtual, I really wasn't able to find any real origin story to it. I think it's a representation of the fear that we experience when we're alone. And how the presence of something familiar is comforting, whether it's human or pet. You know, maybe if you had like a pet spider, maybe that'd be comforting. I I really believe that it is something that is alive, though. 
that Absolutely. Like, you're not the only person there. Like, there's something else there with right. you that's... I Yeah, I definitely get that. I feel that way about my dog. I mean, and, and you know, this, the way I look at it is the human condition is to be social. We have a sense of belonging and companionship that we require to feel safe. I mean, since early man, we've always operated in groups. Mm-hmm. We continue to do so. Maybe that's why that lady brought that ferret dog back. Because she was like, my family doesn't get me. This ferret does. That's why I have 12 cats. Yeah. <laughs> and no one else. Oh. Well, now just one dog. Now just the one. But it's a rat. But it's actually a rat. Now you just have a rat. But it followed me around in Mexico, so. I mean, maybe cool. it's cool. Yeah. No, yeah, maybe she names a splinter. Yeah. That would be cool. And maybe it lays at the foot of her bed, and even though it killed all of her pets, in a way it makes her feel safe because she knows it'll kill stuff. Yeah, and not her. Right, because it loves her, apparently. I guess so. Yeah, it's that same idea, that condition. Yeah, it's a sense of safety. Mm -hmm. And I think the weird thing about it is that it's kind of a false safety, though. Right. As humans, we've always sought out what was in the darkness, but a lot of times are too afraid to look by ourselves. Mm Mm-hmm. Regardless of how you want to look at the legend, or even the aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights, even in the last legend, had she heard her roommate struggle, she still felt some comfort in that. Mm-hmm. Because she knew someone else was in the room. Right. And you know presence when you feel it. So I challenge someone to find someone that you love and hide under their bed without them knowing and see if they know that you're there. And then, like, I don't know, at 3 or 4 in the morning, just get up, put on a clown suit, <laughs> no. stand at the edge of their bed until they wake up and just stare at them. I don't want to see any of that. I thought you were just going to say lay under their bed and if their hand falls, lick it. Uh, okay. And then it just went down this whole other dark road. <laughs> well, let me just really <laughs> retract some of that. All of that. <laughs> Hide under their bed and if they don't notice, announce yourself. Yeah. Exactly. And with that... Unless it's like surgery. I know that I myself can wrap up this podcast. So anyways, if you enjoyed the legends and have any suggestions or additional information regarding any of them, feel free to email us. Also, if you have local legends or any other way that we could determine who goes first. All of those things. We'd love an email at urbancreepstories. Oh, wait. At urbancreepstories at gmail.com. And uh, again, and as always, we appreciate you spending your time with us. Thank you so much. And make sure to creep on looking at the stars. Oh, I like that. You're special, and people care about you. Reach for the sky. There's a snake in my boot. Nope. And keep on... Creeping on. Bye. Bye. shouldn't say scissor me up. Tater top. Move.